This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mix. You've waited patiently all day. All week. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. The Dow Chargers go back to back. To college. Connor Stallions. Like, bro, get a life. To the pros. You want me to make a statement tonight? This is the Gibbs game. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. They hand to Gibbs. And Gibbs breaks it. Touchdown, what a night for the rookie. Wow. Come back. Jameer, come back. Garoppolo is set. Anzalone for the second time on this drive. Lions ball. The most important thing about this game was us getting our identity back. That was what all the work that we put in this week was about. The whole focus was about getting back to what we do. And that was the most important thing. And that really showed through the game. Was it perfect? It wasn't perfect. But ultimately, we got what I wanted to get out of it and come away with a win. John Vicari, that was special. We welcome you into the payoff on this Halloween night. John Vicari, Ben Bosher here. You're listening to the payoff. And as fun as it would be to, you know, sit here and and juice and smile and be all giddy about the Lions game yesterday. It's just no longer the talking point of Detroit sports at the moment. Because today was the trade deadline. We're two hours past the four o'clock deadline. And to be honest. Even though the Lions won yesterday, I feel like the general consensus right now is eh. It's a little disappointing. Wow. Because you look at what happened with the deadline. They did, in fact, make a trade. We sat here on our hands and knees and begged Brad Holmes to do something. We said all week long yesterday, if you want to be a real Super Bowl contender, you have to make a move. Every single team that makes it that far makes a move this time of year. You have to be buyers. And they did indeed make a move. You bring in Donovan Peoples-Jones. Local kid. Went to U of M. Went to Kaztec. Played in Ford Field in the state championship game where he scored not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns in high school. He's a nice kid. I like the player. And for the value they got him with, I think it's a good move. Under a microscope, the trade deadline was fine. But when you zoom back and look from a bigger picture and look at the rest of the NFC, the 49ers got a lot better. The Eagles got a lot better. And the Lions only got about yay much better. If the 49ers got better by 10 points, adding Chase Young, who's having one of the best years of his entire career, the Eagles got better by, let's say, seven points adding former pro bowler, Kevin Byard, the lions add Donovan people Jones and get eh, three points better. It just feels like there was bigger moves to be made at this point. And with how much Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have emphasized, we're going to focus on chemistry. 
while all the other teams in the NFL, all the successful teams over the past few years, like the Eagles, like the Niners, and hell, let's throw the Seahawks into this conversation too. While those teams are acquiring talent, the Lions have focused so heavily on building a team from a chemistry standpoint. And that's been very apparent. In fact, Dan Campbell even said on 97 won the ticket last week, they weren't going to focus on bringing talent in over chemistry. When it becomes serious, he'll bring it to me. But right now, man, I'm concerned with the guys we have in this building getting them right. And I'm also concerned with chemistry. I don't ever want to do anything that's going to mess the chemistry of this team up either because we got the right guys here right now. Hmm. Okay. I'll tell you what, the 49ers aren't really concerned about chemistry. They're concerned about adding talent. Last year, they add Christian McCaffrey at the deadline. I think it's safe to say that one worked out. This year, they decide to go after maybe the biggest fish on the market that ended up getting traded in Chase Young. Only a third-round pick that cost them. That's it. Chase Young already has six sacks this year. Aiden Hutchinson, 4.5. It's a struggle outside of Aiden Hutchinson to get to the quarterback. The Lions have not been able to do that if you look at the entire season on the defensive line. They've been able to get there when they blitz with these linebackers. Anzalone's racked up a couple. Tracy Walker even got one last night. But when you're looking at just the defensive ends, the teams that go the furthest in the playoffs are the teams that can get to the quarterback without sending extra guys. And right now, the Lions just can't do that. All it took... To get Chase Young was a third-round pick. And I get it. You want to bring in good eggs. You don't want to bring in head cases. And let's be honest, Chase Young has been a head case just a little bit in his career so far in Washington. But the 49ers don't care. And that's been their approach for years. And that's why they're a Super Bowl contender year in and year out. The Eagles don't care about talent. or They don't care about chemistry. All they want to do is add talent. We saw that when they drafted... Jalen Carter in the draft, despite everything that was happening off the field. Whereas the Lions approach in the draft was, we're not touching anyone like that unless they fit the gritty Detroit mentality. I'm not saying the Lions lost the trade deadline. I'm not saying the Lions lost today. But it feels like they got a consolation prize in Donovan Peoples-Jones. Whereas they could have gone out made a big move, but instead it feels like a disappointing day despite being less than 24 hours away from, or or 24 hours after kicking the crap out of a terrible Raiders team. So we can pat ourselves on the back for that one by, you know, turning the ball over three times, throwing up, including throwing a pick six, fumbling on your own goal line or on the other team's goal line and fumbling in your own territory. That kind of stuff doesn't work against the Eagles and the 49ers. You can still beat the Raiders because the Raiders are awful. I said against the Panthers uh, a couple weeks ago, great teams make bad teams look awful. And that's what the Lions did last night. The Lions are a really, really good football team. But they're still not as good as the Niners, and they're still not as good as the Eagles. And that became even more apparent today when the Niners went after Chase Young for only a third round pick. I sat here all of last week 
and the week before saying, I don't want to give up first-round picks. Well, guess what? No one had to do that today. All it took was a third-round pick to get the former second-overall draft pick, Chase Young, who has six sacks this season. That's more than Aiden Hutchinson. Hell, to get his teammate, Montez Sweat, who has eight sacks this year, took a second-round pick. Now, why Chicago's buying players at the deadline is a completely different conversation. But the Lions decide to add some depth at wide receiver instead of where they need the most help, which is the defensive end spot across from Aiden Hutchinson. And they are not allowing Aiden Hutchinson to maximize his potential by not going out and getting him help. We talk about all these other pieces, Charles Harris, Julian Aquara, Romeo Aquara. They've combined for three and a half sacks through eight games. That's it. Aiden Hutchinson doesn't have help out there, which is allowing quarterbacks to have more time. It's not allowing Aiden, Hutch- Aiden Hutchinson to hit his potential right now. And it's not, it's sure as hell not helping Charles Harris, Julian Aquara, and Romeo Aquara, and Kaminsky, and all these guys that play across from Aiden Hutchinson. So I ask you, does it feel like Brian Holmes is emphasizing building the team based off chemistry over talent right now? And is that a problem? Are the Lions going to run into a problem at some point down the road, specifically in the playoffs, when all of a sudden you're going up against the Eagles and you just seem completely outmatched all across the board? The one seed is staring you at eye level right now. It's there to take. That's the only way you're getting to the Super Bowl is you, if you have home field advantage. And you had a chance to go get someone like Chase Young and build a dominant defensive duo up front in Aiden Hutchinson and Chase Young, two dominant pass rushers. I promise you, if they're playing alongside each other, Aiden Hutchinson has more than four and a half sacks the rest of the year. But you elect to leave him by himself and add to the wide receiver room. And like I said, I like Donovan Peoples-Jones. I like the value they got for him. It was a good trade. But it just feels a little bit disappointing when you look at what the other teams in the NFC did. They got better. They got a lot better. Whereas the Lions, eh, feels like they only got a little bit better because they're so worried about their team chemistry. And I just feel like it's going to come back to bite them at some point, John. It, it, it just feels like they're emphasizing the chemistry over the talent just a little bit too much. So I want to hear from you. Do you agree with me? Or are you happy they were conservative? And do you think they're good enough right now to go to Philadelphia and win a playoff game? 989-837-6125. So Frick Sports Bar text line, 989-837-6125. Was it a disappointing deadline? Do the Lions value, and, and specifically Brad Holmes, do they value chemistry over talent too much? Let's hit the text line next. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Back to The Payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. This is where Brad and I, I think, are really tied to the hip. He understands, first of all, the value's got to be right. It's got to be something that we feel like can help us, fits us. But it also can't be something that's going to mess with with what we got going on here. He's mindful of that, and I appreciate 
that about him, that he, he knows what I'm talking about, what we're about, and, and we're not going to mess with the vibe of this team. If I really felt that way, there's no talent that's worth that. Here's where I'm at. I, I like the Donovan Peoples-Jones trade. I think he's a good player, and he's going to help this team. But he feels like a consolation prize when you look at what else happened in the NFC today. The 49ers land Chase Young. Already has six sacks this season, more than Aiden Hutchinson. Imagine a world where Aiden Hutchinson is your second best pass rusher. That is a world I want to live in. Yet, the Lions are going to continue to throw out Romeo Aquara, Julian Aquara, and Charles Harris and expect Aiden Hutchinson to maximize his potential. It's just not happening right now. So it feels a little bit disappointing, and we're less than 24 hours after kicking the crap out of the Raiders in a game where the Lions really should have blown them out by three touchdowns, but instead only win by two touchdowns because they couldn't stay out of their own way in the beginning of the game. I'll tell you what right now, John, I get it. You were able to overcome three turnovers, including a goal line fumble, a pick six, and a fumble in your own territory against the Raiders, but you do not overcome those things against teams like the Eagles and the Niners unless, no, 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 you just don't overcome those things against the Eagles, Eagles and the Niners. But what equalizes your chances to win those type of games is if you have equal amounts of talent and the Lions elected to pass on the talent and add chemistry and bring in a hometown kid who, uh, who's from Detroit, played at Michigan, played in Ford Field in his high school state championship over someone who has potential to be on a Pro Bowl team this year in Chase Young. I get that, and I'm not saying that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell operate in a reactionary environment where it's, okay, we saw what happened last night, so we don't feel the need to bolster it. But last night, they pressured Garoppolo on 71% of his dropbacks, the most by an NFL team since 2018. And again, I know it's the Raiders, and I know that's probably going to be part of your comeback on this, but do they feel their pass rush is good enough? Does Young put the not. Niners over the edge? Because the reaction, I think, from a lot of people is that, yep, oh, now you have two Buckeyes on either end. The Niners just went from great to fantastic. Does Young put you over the edge? Absolutely. Joey, like that's, Nick Bosa and Chase Young are now the best one-two punch on, ed- on the edges in the entire league. And if you bring him to Detroit, guess what would have been the best edge rush duo in the NFL. It would have been Aiden Hutchinson and Chase Young. Now we're never going to see that. And I don't care if Chase Young is a rental. He's on an expiring contract, but he's playing like he's on an expiring contract. He's playing for more money every single week. If Mm -hmm. you don't think that's going to motivate him, then I don't know. Mm -hmm. Here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. I understand Chase Young's had some team chemistry issues in the past. He's had some complaints. But when you're staring the one seed in the eye, you've got to be able to spend a little bit of draft capital. And Brad Holmes has not done that in the last few years since he's taken over as GM. That's because the Lions have been rebuilding. The rebuild is over. At some point, you have to overpay just a little bit for some of these guys. And I don't even think a third-round pick for Chase Young is an overpay. I think that's a little bit of a steal for a guy who already has six sacks this season. Would you have given them a second? I don't know. 
Well, then you're not willing to overpay. You're willing to but, just pay what they how pay. About, how about a third round pick and well, that might not put you over the edge. A fifth round pick attached to it. That's the kicker. And the Commanders are thinking, all right, if we're going to trade him, we'll trade him to the 49ers, the team that we think is going to take down our division rival in the Eagles, where maybe the Lions, it's not the same thing. So if you have to overpay to lure him there. But no team there, thinks like that. They take the best thing for them. They take the best well, that's package. that's what I'm saying. So and if, if we would have attached a fifth round pick to it. So you then attach another would, a fifth round pick. Right, but you're not willing to go second on. And you said, and you mentioned the whole, oh, well, we got to Jimmy G X amount of times and pressured him. Jimmy G's as stiff as a 13-year-old watching a makeout scene in a movie. Whoa. And you, I promise you, you're not doing that against. Easy. You're not doing that against the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and the offensive line. Because if you keep blitzing against the Eagles, Jalen Hurts will torment you over the top. He will torment you yeah, on a deep ball to A.J. Brown. Most of it. Eh. The sacks yesterday came from Tracy Walker, Alex Anzalone. Aqua- like all the- it comes from all these blitzes. You cannot do that to teams like the Eagles. Jalen Hurts will murder you. You cannot do that to teams like the Niners because when you throw an outlet pass to Christian McCaffrey and no one's there to catch him, he's gone. There just seems like there's a talent discrepancy right now between the Lions and then the Niners and the Eagles. And I get it. The Niners have lost three games in a row. I don't care. They're not going to be favorites in San Francisco if they have to play there. They might not even be favorites at home. I'm worried about the Eagles because if they can't get to Jalen Hurts with only four guys, they're probably not beating that team. And you had an opportunity to go get another defensive lineman. You had an opportunity to go get another edge rusher to pair next to Aiden Hutchinson, and you passed on it. And again, I like Donovan Peoples-Jones. They got better at the deadline, but they certainly didn't go after the big fish. And everyone likes to throw out, oh, Max Crosby, they could have got him. No, he was never going to get traded. It's the reason I didn't want to give up any first-round picks ever. But Chase Young only going for a third. A comp third, That's on the table. That's on the table. But how is, do you think that was offered by Detroit? I, I, I would hope so. I really you know. would hope we were in the call. I would, I would really hope Brad Holmes was on the phone call making, uh, on the phone with Washington today trying to get that deal done. Because if he wasn't, that's disappointing that they were never on the market for someone like that. And that gets right back to the point where they were so worried about team chemistry that they didn't even, they just completely overlooked the talent that is Chase Young. And they keep doing that in the draft as well. Jalen Carter might be a bad egg, but is the favorite to win defensive player of the year right now. Well, there may be something to that, but I mean, you take a look at where both Sweat and Young came from in Washington. They had talent along that defensive line. People thought that was going to be a a top 10 defense a year ago, and they took a step in the right direction this year, but they weren't world beaters. And the one thing you could point to with them is that they don't have a good culture. They don't have good chemistry. Like, is there something to that? I mean, Troy and Joe last night on the broadcast on Monday Night Football, they talked about how Campbell's aware and him and Holmes obviously have a great relationship. And Campbell even spoke the audio we played to his relationship with Holmes. But they're both on the same wavelength, both former players and a coaching staff of former players that they don't want to bring in a guy who hinders, I guess, like the nucleus, the 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 heart of this team. You want to get better. And I'm not saying you have to necessarily only go for hometown guys. Okay, DPJ, yeah, because he went to Michigan. I, I mean, that's part of it, but I, he also is going to add a lot, and we'll get into, I think, what he could bring to the table later on. But 
No, how about how about this? Yeah. You, you send a third and a fifth for Chase Young. You look him dead in the eyes and say, "Hey, man, you might not be here next year. You got to fit our." Well, culture. I think he knows the situation. You got to fit our culture if you want another contract with us, and we're willing to pay you if you earn it. But that that doesn't get earned solely based on the sack numbers. You got to show up to work every single day and prove to us that you are ready to go. Because right now you don't have a good reputation in the league. For you know your your motivation, you have question marks around you from a league wide standpoint. So we're gonna trade for you. You're a free agent at the end of the year. You better show up to work, or you can go somewhere else and try to get paid. I wonder what forced this for you. Did the Baltimore game really force your hand with this? Because a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not saying maybe a third or fourth round pick. I think if because we never proposed that option to you. I think if we said Brad and I, not Holmes, uh, Tony, that okay, we're going to give the commanders a third-round pick for Young. Like, you were obviously a little hesitant to give the picks, but now you're fully on board? A third-round pick I know, in, a, in just, a year where you're going, that's going to be a pick in the 90s. And yeah, I get it. They've hit it. on pick in the 90s. But guess what? You have two third-round picks this season. Now, you don't have a fourth, but why can't you attach the later third-round pick, which is going to be our own, Keep Minnesota's. You mm-hmm. still have a third round pick. And, I get it. And you can attach a sixth round pick to it and say, here you go, Washington. Give them to us. Whereas instead, you're just looking around like, hmm, let's bring in the kid from Detroit who's a good player. <laughs> but it feels like they have different priorities than maximizing the talent that's available and the talent that's already on this team. They're not setting Aiden Hutchinson up to succeed. Can we agree on that? Are they? I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I mean, what? I, I would agree to the fact that, okay, maybe there's not the maximum amount of talent around him, but it's not like there's a shortage of it. John, he gets double teamed every game. He gets and, murdered. And what happened last he night when that happened? and gets annihilated. Everyone else got it's sacks. It's been three straight weeks where Aiden Hutchinson hasn't showed up with a sack. It's been three straight weeks where he doesn't have a tackle for a loss. I'm not even blaming this on Aiden Hutchinson. Because he doesn't have help. He's getting crack blocked by tight ends. Running backs are coming in and as he's already being double teamed and pounding this guy. Aiden Hutchinson is not one of the five best pass rushers in the NFL yet. Well, he's general- really good, but he's not great yet. So you know what would have helped someone develop like that mm-hmm. and get a little bit less double teams and a little bit less pressure off his back to get to the quarterback? Someone like Chase Young. Could you imagine Aiden Hutchinson, the second best player, the second best edge rusher on your team? We view this guy as someone who could be one of the all-time greats on this team. He was drafted second overall for a reason. Not to be good, but to be great. Chase Young, exact same reason he was drafted second overall. He was viewed as a generational talent coming into this league. Yeah, maybe he is a bad apple, but it's starting to feel like you are passing up on a lot of great talent to keep the culture together. You don't think Glenn recognized the fact, all right, I'm, maybe I'll blitz more to what you were saying earlier, will generate pressure on 71% of the plays. You can't so do Hutchinson, that against the Eagles. You say that, you though. It wasn't 71% of blitzes, though. It wasn't like they blitzed every play. It, like When the game was on the line and they were just like, all right, send the house to Garoppolo, they did. But Detroit's being noted as one of the best teams this season in getting pressure to the quarterback without having to send blitzes. You can do that against teams like the Raiders because Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo is begging you. He's 
begging his team. He wants to give you the game. He's You saw it yesterday. <laughs> By the fourth quarter, they couldn't move the ball. They were done. He is awful. You don't get to do that against teams like the Eagles. Jalen Hurts will be gone, or he'll throw a deep ball to A.J. Brown. And let's not forget, I don't mean I don't want to harp on some of the bad things that happened yesterday mm-hmm. um, because they showed up. They overcame uncharacteristic turnovers. They were one for five in the red zone. Again, that kind of stuff doesn't cut it against the Eagles. But they still showed up. They still got the job done. And, you know, if you're here, here's where I'm at, John. They're passing up on too much talent right now. I, I don't one think, player. Young. Sweat. Montez Sweat was a You would have given the well. second round pick for Sweat? Like the Bears did? There's there's more than just these names available, though. All right, you so have who to else? be able to John, not all the names in the media are the guys that getting are are the okay, guys so getting else? traded. There's, there's names that come up every year that get traded that no one expected. Brad Holmes made that very clear at his press conference today. He said it's not always about the guys you hear in the media. Sometimes you call for those guys, and those deals are just not going to get done. It's the guys that come up, and it's the guys that we don't know about, that we don't hear about, that come up on trade deadline day. Those are the guys that get dealt more often. Today, I get it, both of the commanders guys got dealt, but did anyone know that Bayard was going to get traded two weeks uh, last week? So who, you, who would you have called for? Brian Burns? I'm not the GM. All right, well, play a little hypothetical. Sure, Brian Burns, team <laughs> okay. captain, had 12 and a half sacks last year. And you would have given the Panthers a second round pick for him? Yes. Okay. Where I draw, where I, I thought I made it clear last week, where I draw the line is firsts. But these thirds and these seconds where the Lions already have multiple picks on the back end, it, it doesn't matter. In a year where you have a chance to win, a, potentially win a Super Bowl, you got to do everything you can to maximize the talent on this roster. And you don't get to do that. You don't get to go one for five in the red zone against the Eagles. You will lose. You don't get to do that against the Niners. You will lose. You have to play basically perfect games. But what gave you a little bit more wiggle room was a great player like Chase Young. Because you see year in and year out in the playoffs, these great players swing games. They come down to the wire all the time. And do you think Donovan Peoples-Jones is that type of player? Or do you think he's just someone who's a good addition? He's a good addition. That's it. I mean, he makes the offense better. He does. And I'm under a microscope, this is a good trade. But when you zoom out and look at what the other teams in the NFC did, it doesn't feel like the Lions are by any means winners of the trade deadline. Maybe we'll get into this next, too. You were calling for some secondary help. Do we not, do we not need that anymore, either? I we did were not putting say a pass rusher over secondary? I did not say that, either. I think either of those two positions would have helped the Lions more than Donovan Peoples-Jones did. But mm. that's just me. 989 837 Six one two five. I want to hear from everyone else. Am I crazy? Talk me off this ledge because right now I'm feeling like the Lions just completely threw the can in on the trade deadline. And I get it. I was a component of let's play it a little bit more conservative. But you win a couple of games. Uh, you you. It's very clear against the. Uh, excuse me. It's very clear against the Ravens. You are not up to par with some of the best teams in the NFL. And then you beat the crap out of a Raiders team and maybe get a little bit more confident in yourself, but you're six and two staring at the one seed. Let's go get some great players like the Niners have done year in and year out, like the Eagles have done year in and year out. The Lions elected to, eh, we'll add someone. Local kid, Detroit kid, yay. 989-837-6125, you're listening to The Payoff. 
More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. All right, let's hit the text line. Then we'll get into how this impacts JMO. Cause I know that's what everybody wants to talk about. Uh, Dan, you're a little crazy. They are beat up and they get most of those guys back. I.e., James Houston. And I'm betting they get CJ Gardner Johnson back for the playoffs. It would be nice to add a big piece, but I don't think it's needed. Well, Dan, uh, as much as we can sit here and say, well, James Houston fixes every problem in the first two games. He only played 32 snaps, two QB pressures, one QB hit, but they're only playing him 32 snaps for a reason. I would love to sit here and tell you, he's going to be able to rack up eight sacks in seven games again. That just seems very unlikely. Plus he's not coming back until December. We need people to play now. And when it comes to CJ Garner Johnson, yeah, it's going to be nice when he comes back. That's not what I'm arguing. Do you though, with Garner? Do you need someone to play now? The schedule dictates you could guy work a guy back in the fold. In the you summer. need to go for the one seed if you're not going that. to be as talented as the Eagles and Niners. And Dan, I'd also like to ask you. I, I'm not asking you to go out and get a massive piece. I don't think a third round pick indicates that you're going after one of the best players in the league by any means, but you're going after someone very talented, very young playing on a contract year. I get it. It might be a rental. You're taking a risk there, but at some point you have to take a risk. If you want to consider yourself a super bowl contender, that's what the Niners did when they gave up their draft capital to get CMC. That's what they just did when they gave up uh, a third round pick to get chase young. And that's why they're sitting at plus 600 to win the super bowl. When the lions are sitting at plus 1400, I'm not asking you to go take a massive swing that could come back and bite you. But when you have two third round picks, you've got to at least be entertaining these conversations with the commanders. And I don't know what magic Johnson's running that team right now. Sure. Go send him <laughs> a third round pick and a signed basketball for all I care. Wow. You're not as good as the Eagles and the Niners right now. I do not feel comfortable going to either of those places and playing. Cause I don't think you're going to be able to generate any sort of pressure with the defensive front you have right now against either of those offensive lines, specifically the Eagles. Appreciate the text, Dan, by the way, 989-837-6125. Only other request, just put the town you're texting from. Oh my we would gosh. like to know this. I keep emphasizing, and I know it's tough. I know it's tough. You want to get your thoughts John's out gonna there. John's going to bash his head against no, the wall I just, if I just everyone like to doesn't know. leave I their know. town. I want to know. You don't know any of the surrounding towns here anyway. That's what I'm trying to learn. Where are listening bases? Where are you listening from, where, you know? Where are the, uh, where the people? Where's the best trick-or-treating houses in this exactly. in this area? Yes, yeah, so I can get some food. <laughs> so I can get food after this Six, show. Nine, I need nine, that. Eight, three, seven, six, one, two, five. Where can I get the king-size candy? Uh, we got one I mean, more. Oh, now we. No, now, now it's coming in. Now, now they're rolling in. Uh, well, I don't know how I just, I don't, this text line confuses me sometimes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. One for five in the red zone gets improved by people's. Agreed. I'll keep reading. Even though he caught only eight balls with the Browns this year before he fell out of uh, favor when he was only with that. This is a long text. Last year, he last year, he had 61 receptions, almost 900 yards. Yep. I think we will enrich our D in the draft after the bye. You can tell me what the uh, you can tell me that the O line is back and healthy. When is Montgomery back? Thanks. Last night, 40% of our line was out. Maybe the Lions tried for Chase Young but the 49ers may have outbid them. Michael from Midland. Okay. Yeah, lot, a lot of great points there. Lots to unpack there. Yes. One for five in the red zone does get improved by Donovan peoples Jones. One for five in the red zone does probably get improved when you get your starting center, starting guard and other starting guard back. And will all these guys be uh, healthy after the buy? 
I sure hope so. We don't really have a ton of updates on that, but you can only assume you'll get at least a couple of these guys back. And yeah, you're going to be healthier. But to me, congratulations. Like we beat up on this Raiders team and we overcame going one for five in the red zone. The Lions overcame three turnovers. But John, what did I sit here and tell you all day yesterday? This Raiders team is awful. They can't stop anybody on the ground. And that was so apparent yesterday because Jameer Gibbs had a career day, which as much as I would love to get into that and drool over him for a little bit, it's just not the talking point right now. I called it, but yeah. You did. Congratulations, John. Uh, Thank you. Jameer Gibbs was great. The Lions offensive line, their backups dominated the Raiders defensive front. But it gets back exactly to the point of looking at these other teams in the NFC. I don't think you're dominating the Eagles defensive front if your offensive line's not 100% healthy. You have to pray these guys come back. And I'm not worried about the offense, Michael, from Midland. I'm more so worried about the defense. I really hope Brad Holmes was on the phone with the the commanders. I really do. Because it concerns me. I don't know how you're generating pressure on the Niners and the Eagles without getting tormented either by Christian McCaffrey or A.J. Brown. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with it. Well, we'll see. I mean, they made the move that they thought brought their offense up. They bring in Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, they lean another strength. And and to Michael's point, and I think we, we should get into this, DPJ was not utilized at all in Cleveland this no, year. No, they're horrible but, quarterback situation. And horrible quarterback situation, but also Kevin Stefanski just for whatever reason wanted to elevate Elijah Moore, who, yeah, because they made a trade for him, they wanted to utilize him more in the offense. Well, Kevin DPJ's, Stefanski also has a brick for a brain. Oh, that's former coach of the year you're talking about. Don't care. Uh, but under 900 yards receiving a season ago, he was like a breakout player. He's going to add immediately. I'm not saying he's going to, you know, just be this dynamic player, maybe even to the level of young for the Niners. That's the hope, obviously. But he's not going to be a slouch. No. And one weakness that this team had, and you saw it last night, and I even said on yesterday's show, I said, hey, let's give J-Mo a sweep. Let's give him an end around. Let's give him something. They tried. Crosby 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 killed him. Literally (laughs) killed him. it didn't work because they know, well, if he's on the field, he's probably going to get something. And when he comes in motion, that's what they're going to try. So it was... I guess really read well by the Raiders, but DPJ's a step up. That's another target you need offensively. And when Marvin Jones Jr. obviously no longer with the team and JMO is not cutting it, it feels like an underwhelming move. And I get your point of view, Ben, but I, th- I think it's going to really pay dividends for this line. It's another option, even if it's an outlet option in the flex, he plays 50% of the snaps. It's still just another option and better than what you had in house. And here's it the just o- quite frankly is here's the I, mean, other I love thing. Khalif Raymond. I love him. Well, but he's a different player than D- Khalif Raymond. But DPJ but is 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 an addition. What this is is a little bit more security with Josh Reynolds being an upcoming free agent too. Yeah, these guys are both on expiring contracts, mm-hmm. and now we get to make our choice rather than being forced to re-sign Josh Reynolds and then have to rely on Jamison Williams once again. Who, at this point, it just seems like that's not that's not a functionable, reasonable thing to be relying on. It's just not. And what this DPJ trade tells me is they're trying to work JMO out of this offense. Yeah. Like they, they'd simply, they gave him a try yesterday. They did. And they've been trying that ever since he's come back from his suspension. They're trying, they're doing everything they can in their power to give this guy the best opportunities that they can. Unlike Aiden Hutchinson. And now they're replacing him with Donovan Peoples Jones, who's going to most likely take over 
the Marvin Jones and Jamison Williams snaps. And now we got Michael Texan in again. Okay, you want Crosby even if it keeps you from re-signing Goff? When have I ever said I wanted Crosby? Crosby I like was Mike. never I like Michael Crosby was never getting traded ever. That was never even a possibility. He is that he is the face of that franchise. The Raiders would take nothing less than two first round picks to get him. I'm you out want on a pass that. rusher? That might be the price. And I don't. You say two no, first rounders. No, it was a third round pick. He's better than Young. Absolutely, he's better than Chase I, Young. I put him pretty much even. What? He looks great last night, but I think he was playing for maybe he being somewhere else. He was a monster, but guess what? We both cashed in on uh, Max Crosby to not record a sack. I wish I placed it. I didn't. Oh actually. come on, come on! I only place the things that lose. You F- know, five for six last night on Your, the uh, the prop picks the, were prop. good. Yep. the prop picks were good. And if you missed them, you could hear uh, last night with the podcast on all our uh, big platforms there. But wow, yeah, see how I see how I shoehorn that in. That's called being a professional. You you um, really are a professional. <laughs> Keep texting in Frick Sports Bar text line nine eight nine. Eight three seven six one two five. Again, I'm not mad. I'm not saying the Lions sat back and lost this trade deadline at all. You're under, just underwhelmed. Un, yes, under a microscope, this is a good trade. Good value. You bring in someone with way more potential than their stats suggest. You bought low, which is exactly what you should be doing as a GM. So it's hard to sit here and say, "Well, Brad Holmes, you failed the trade deadline." That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is. Like you said, I'm just feeling a little bit underwhelmed. And where you look at what the Niners did, you look at what the Eagles did, the impact the Lions made at the trade deadline doesn't feel like it's as big as what those teams did. And those teams already had a step up on Detroit. And now it feels like they have an additional step on additional step on Detroit. So that one seed, you better gun for it. Cause I, I don't think anybody is beating Philadelphia in Philadelphia come the postseason, especially in the cold weather. And I mean, I, I've kind of argued with Brad on the show, but he's right. Once Jared Goff gets this extension, which will kick in not next year, but the year after it's going to get a lot harder. So even if chase young was a rental this year, you got a gun for it now, or else you're relying on a bunch of rookies, which granted that's worked out for Brad Holmes so far. You're going to be relying on a lot of rookies next year as well. And then next year is your, your big year. You have to bank one of these big moves at the deadline, but that's a long ways away. Uh, I don't want to harp on that too much at the moment, but for now, 989-837-6125. I want to keep this Donovan Peoples-Jones thing going next because right now it feels like I feel like I'm sending out a message that I hate this guy. I don't. I think he's a good player. Let's talk about the impact he can have, how that affects the rest of the team next on The Payoff. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Lions, ah, they didn't get the gold medal. They didn't get the silver medal. They might have got the consolation prize here at the trade deadline. Donovan Peoples-Jones makes his return home. He's from Detroit, graduated from Cas Tech, went to U of M, and now he's playing in a Detroit Lions uniform. John, you've got a lot of insight on this guy. He used to work over in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. How do you think I, he's going to help this team? I think he will. I, this year is because you're going to look at the stats. You're going to pull up his you know, statistical page, pro football reference. Uh, you don't want to do like, that. You're going to be like, uh, what are we getting here? We're getting eight receptions for 97 yards, no touchdowns. You bought low. What are we doing? Well, he had uh, almost 900 yards a season ago with an offense, by the way, that was a majority of the time led by Jacoby Brissett and then Deshaun Watson towards the back end. So you're already getting a quarterback upgrade. He hasn't played with uh, really 
a good quarterback in his entire tenure. He's been with Cleveland since 2020, so he had Baker before that. He's a guy who could be utilized in the slot. Very good possession receiver. I'm not going to say big play, and maybe he doesn't have the ceiling big play like Jamison Williams does, but you know what he does that Williams doesn't do? Holds on to the ball the the majority of the time. Yeah, he's going to catch the ball. And this year, Kevin Stefanski just did not want to utilize him in their offensive scheme for whatever reason. Wants to go with Elijah Moore more. And P.J. Walker has been the quarterback for the majority of the time in Cleveland with Dorian Thompson-Robinson thrown in and then Deshaun Watson with one shoulder. So I think you look at this year and you're like, ah, what are we getting? I think you're getting a very, very strong receiver. Guy drafted in the sixth round who's only gotten better as his career has progressed, still young, 24 years old. And if it doesn't work out, you let him go to the market. I think that, I don't think there's any question he's worth more than a six-round pick, which yeah. is what the Lions got for him. Uh-huh. Like I, I, I think everyone is in the consensus that he bought the Brad Holmes bought low, and he's got a lot more potential than what his stats suggest. I think he's going to be contribute immediately day one uh, next week versus the Chargers. Not next yeah. week, but the the week after. No, and it's it, it's a big thing by the way too. And I guess something should have realized the uh, <laughs> beginning of the year, but to have the deadline and then go into the buy, that's pretty good because. It's not like he's going to have to miss a game or be rushed. You're going to well work him into the offense the way you want him, and he's going to be ready to go immediately. Are we kissing Jamison Williams snaps goodbye? Yeah. I, like completely? I, I mean, that's that's the big thing that comes out of this, where it's like he I, – I called him a glorified decoy about, what, two weeks ago leading into the game, of course, where he scored the touchdown. Um, that's what he's going to be. He comes on the field, and hopefully – there are safeties that are moving or like, oh, oh, we got to we gotta watch out for him. He's got that speed on the outside. Maybe watch the deep threat. And then you throw it underneath the Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, th- that, that's what he could be utilized. Again, I, I hope, and we've talked about him, you know, for, for a lot of episodes here, uh, first-round talent that is not living up to the bill. This, to me, this move to get Peoples-Jones is realizing that fact. And I don't want to go as far as to say that it designates JMO a bust, but you shouldn't have had to bring in someone like this with the potential in JMO, but they had to. Yeah, because they had to. He, I tried to defend him for a long time, but he has more career drops than he has career receptions. It's so that's it's that's a problem at this point. I mean, at, at a ceiling, you wish he could be what Devontae Smith is for the Eagles, you know, but yeah. he's just not that right now. He's just not that. And maybe he'll be somewhere else, but not kicking it in the year 2023. And we talk about how this window. You know, it's a small window. You want to, I get the Eagles are there. I get the San Francisco 49ers are there, but this is the time to win now. You bring in DPJ and it helps you right now. It doesn't help you. It doesn't put you over the edge, but it helps you right now. Couple other fun things going on on Halloween night here in the Great Lakes Bay region. Maybe a little bit over down the road, about 30 miles. The Central Michigan Chippewas are in Mm. action in about 10 minutes, taking on none other. They started seven, huh? Yes. None other than Rocky Lombardi, the NIU quarterback. Oh, my, my boy. Sure. Rocky, baby. Born in Ann Arbor, went to Michigan State. Gives uh, all these Michigan State fans nightmare flashbacks. The question is, who's going to be on the sideline for Central Michigan? I, You know what? I'm I not, don't know. I'm wait, wait, wait. I'm not reporting anything. I'm just simply relaying information from ESPN. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, Jim, you said that. You, you do think the team maybe has, or the program has maybe a bit of a target on its back. Can you? I think you said it? that and I agreed to it. Go ahead and book it with this Michigan branded Amex card with my legal birth name on it. Don't forget to go through the team's official ticketing website. Make sure that receipt goes to video espionage department at umich.edu. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, 
Uh, oh, late, there's people that don't know about this. Really? Late last night, there starts to be this basically online underground Reddit. Uh, oh boy, Reddit rumor that starts swirling around. There's this video of someone in sunglasses and a hat and a goatee very similar to the one Connor Stallions. Good-looking good dude, you know? Yeah. Uh, on the sideline with Central Michigan during the Central Michigan versus Michigan State game week one of the college football season. So, again, I'm not reporting on anything. I'm just simply relaying information. Guy looks a lot like Connor Stallions. And then earlier today, athletic director for Central Michigan makes a statement about it. They're investigating it. Uh, and also Jim McElwain, head coach for Central Michigan, was in fact at the University of Michigan for his last stop before he got the head coaching job for the Chippewas. Uh, I, I think I'm going to have to go over to Mount Pleasant tonight and do some investiga- get, get investigative work. Yeah, and I'm not getting get your paid goggles. more for this, not getting overtime. I think I might have to go out there and see. See what's up. Again, I'm not, I'm not reporting anything. See who's, you know, on the sideline. Maybe bring my own video camera in. You think they'd let me do that? Uh, no, oh, okay. no, no, I don't No, But if, if, if this ends <laughs> up being like a, a true report, if the NCAA comes knocking at central Michigan store, that is just like the craziest turn of events in this entire sequence that central Michigan of all teams is connected to the Connor stallions thing. Like what? If this guy was actually on central Michigan sideline again, like I, n- none of us know if this is actually true or not, but psh, that's, what's being investigated now. Over under what well, we set in the over over under number of stallions costumes in the crowd tonight at uh, Mount Pleasant because there's you already be had like our boy Superfly in the crowd. <laughs> oh, come on! I mean, you, you had Superfly producer of the huge show, which is on three to six here on one hundred point nine The Mitt. He uh, he was stallions for uh, Halloween, so I think there's going to be a couple costumes out there, maybe. We got another text flying in. I think uh, this is this is Jay from Gladwin. Love the go. show. I think a lot of us fans are putting the cart before the horse. The Lions are getting better, but let's win our division first. Then we can worry about the playoff run. I just think that Detroit fans are so desperate for a winner that we have an unrealistic expectation. Here's the thing. Gotta win this, the division di- first. this division is locked up, man. Oh, now that Cousins is out. Huh? Now, now that Cousins is out, you look at Green Bay. They have been actually like one of the worst teams in football. They are awful. Jordan Love wants Green Bay to lose, it seems like. Wow. Personal vendetta. Uh, Justin Fields and the Bears, this is the worst run organization in sports. Today confirmed that when they became buyers at the deadline, even though they have two wins on the season. Hey, they got Montez Sweat. Sure. And then he's going to be on a different team uh, in a couple of months, and then they're not going to have a second round pick. <laughs> and then the Vikings, like... I don't know. You think Josh Dobbs is going to win enough games to come back in this division? I think the division's locked up, but I understand your point of being a little bit more patient, but and and Detroit wanting to get a little desperate, but at the same time, like, don't you believe this team is the third best team in the NFC or fourth? I think so. And I, I think everyone that, thinks that. Anytime you're in that, fans. you got to be thinking ahead. You got to be thinking, and I get it. It's one week at a time. But you got to look at your future too. You can't. You, you got to. You know what this. You got to prep up for the big dogs. It, it, what this stems from, it's tough when you haven't had a great team in a while, in a long time. It, it, it's what it is. It's, it's hard. Where should your emotions go? Last night you saw a great win, a great atmosphere, a Monday Night Football win. Your team on national TV, and yes, 
like Dan Campbell, you know, said after the game, it wasn't perfect. There's a lot of things to clean up and probably the game should have been more lopsided than the final score actually indicated, but six and two at the bye. Yeah. The expectation should every, be higher. Every you know? single day of the week, you'll and take six and you're two loving at the it. And, and you want to enjoy it's it's a hard, it's a hard thing. You want to enjoy the moment. You want to relish in the fact that your team that you've seen for years underperform, have a winless season, at times be the laughing stock of the league, and now they're world beaters. Now they're one of the top contenders in the NFC, but you don't want to, as Jay from Gladwin puts it, put the cart before the horse. I get it. It's just you have to, you realize the window in the NFL to win because you realized it in the 90s when there was good teams and how you know that window closed really tight in that short amount of time. It's like that again, so you want to go out and make the most of what you can, and we just felt the deadline wasn't doing that, the, wasn't, the wasn't Lions, living up to what this team could be. They're thrashing, they're thrashing the middling teams in the league right now. They beat the Falcons by 14. They beat the Packers by 14. They blew, blew the brakes off the Panthers, and then they beat the Bucks by 14 again. And then again, they won by 12 yesterday against the Raiders. Like All these teams that sit in the middle, the Lions have taken care of business. So I don't think there's any question that they're a really, really good team. It's a matter of fact, uh, the question is, are you good enough to compete with the great teams? Because let's just face it, the Lions probably aren't going to be tested the rest of the year with their schedule. It's one of the easiest in the entire league. So you got to bulk up at the deadline to prepare yourself. And they, they didn't. They didn't. They brought Was in a good player. Enough? They got better. Yeah, we'll find out if it's enough at some point. But until then... Uh, you got to keep beating up on these teams and gun for this one seed as, as much as you possibly can. No more flukes. No more Raiders games. Or, excuse me, no more Ravens games. More Raiders games, though. There Except, please don't turn the ball over three times and go one for five in the red zone. No, fumble in the goal line. Fumble in the no, because <laughs> that does not cut it against teams like the Eagles. Hate to break it to you. All right, Ben, final thing in the last minute. Oh, Where's Michigan going to be in the rankings tonight? Okay, that... Short answer, yep, short answer. Uh, number, number two. Okay. Behind Georgia. Why did Brad not invite us to his house for his little Halloween shindig? Because I don't we're know. not he's good probably, enough. He's probably with. He's probably doing fancy things. I'm gonna go. Well, have, we're not fancy. I'm gonna go, I'm we, going we don't to the wear shoes. Game. I'm going to the Central game, and I'm gonna have some fun and try to find Connor Stallions on the side. There lane. you go. I might have to join you. You know. Come on down. Because Brad's like, oh yeah, no. What are you gonna wear though? I don't, that's, I mean, that might have to be something for tomorrow's show. Should I, I'm, I might have to break out the CJ Gardner Johnson blue ski. It is he cold outside. Blue, he brought it's the blue cold. ski mask in, folks. It's cold. So like that, that's a reasonable reason to wear the blue <laughs> ski mask today. Uh, happy Halloween, everybody. I hope, I, I think everyone was kind of, the more texts kept coming in and I think people were aware. I am in distress right now with this lying season. I don't know what to think about it. Um, but you know. We're going to keep thriving. We're going to use this bye week to kind of reset. And we're going to move on. We're going to beat the crap out of the Chargers. So thank you guys for tuning in tonight. I hope the payoff was worth it. From the Blazy Electric Studios, this is Sports Radio 100.9 The Mint. WLUN. Pinconning Bay City, Saginaw Midland.